The views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, advertising partners, or ownership of Forever Communications. It's time for the Tri-State Sports Podcast, presented by Tyson Foods of Obion County and the Hawks Nest. Now, here are your hosts, John Thornton and Jordan Taylor. And welcome in. It is the Tri-State Sports Program presented by the Hawks Nest and Tyson Foods in Obion County, live on Radio NWTN.com and all across our Sports 731 Facebook network, which includes the WENK WTPR Facebook page, the Union City Sports on Froggy 99.3 Facebook page, and the Sports 731 Facebook page. We'll play this back later this week on WENK. John Thornton, Jordan Taylor, we're thrilled to be joined by our good friend who hasn't been on in a while, but uh, it's good, better late than never, Alex Northcutt, live from the house today, apparently. Alex, great to have you. Man, I'm telling you what, how can you not be fired up after an intro little clip like that? I mean, come on, man, I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. You guys, you, you, you stepped it up a notch since the last time I've been on the show, so I'm, I'm, I'm pumped, man. Appreciate Thank you having you. me. Yeah, thank you to uh, Luke Brown for uh, piecing that together for us. Uh, how long have we had that, Jordan? A few weeks now or months? months? I, don't, I lose time, man. I lose time. I think about eight weeks or so, maybe eight shows, it feels like. I'm just throwing out a random number. It's probably been 15. He has you know. no clue. No, he, he has no, no idea. No idea. We'll have to, we'll have to ask Luke after the show. <laughs> Uh, John Thor- as we said, John Thornton, Jordan Taylor. You can follow me on Twitter at John underscore MT18. You can follow Jordan at JT underscore 1823. You can follow Alex, the host of the Alex Northcut show at what is, uh, what's the X handle or Alex? I think it's underscore in my name. At underscore and his name. Basic. You heard it there first. Basic. Yeah. Jordan. Wow. Basic. Shaking the head. And it's simple. It's simple. Well, you you got to come up with something better than that, man. I mean, it's, it's no. X. No, my, my my brain does not run at the miles per hour as year two. So that was about as simple, easy, clear cut as I can get it. Oh, you can follow the froggy handle at NWTN underscore froggy. You can follow the sports 731 handle at, at sports 731 net. And you can text us on the text line at 731-885-9999. We'll start with the local headlines and then we'll get into Super Bowl 58 in the next segment with Alex as it was a big week locally, nationally, uh, really all across the sports landscape as the NFL season and football in general comes to a conclusion. But uh, we've got district tournaments starting up in West Tennessee High School basketball. Before we get there, guys, uh, the we, you know Jordan and I have talked about this uh, at nauseum, Alex. The high school coaching, coaching carousel just won't stop. Uh, several names on the move. Last week, Lake County head coach Jonathan Canada is taking the defensive coordinator job at Haywood with his old boss, Josh Puckett. So Lake County's job became open. Hardin County has named offensive coordinator Alex Seaton as their new head coach. So that job is filled. Liberty has made a hire. They've hired Robert Gillard as their new head coach. He'd been an assistant at Northside the last couple of years. But uh, Alex, really take it away on any job in general. There have been several that have opened and, and been filled over the last several weeks. What's kind of stuck out to you about that before we get into district tournaments? Sure. I really think the the biggest news in, in the football coaching world, and still is, is Coach Hollingsworth at Lexington stepping down and still that position yet to be filled. Uh, the Hardin County one was right up there as far as most attractive jobs, just given how successful that program has been recently and what Coach Smith has been able to do and just have them competitive year in, year out. And then you've got, you know, just the, that whole whole town of Savannah just to pick from kids. And, I mean, that's just a football machine over there in Hardin County. So promoting from within – keeping a guy that's familiar with the program, uh, had a chance to, to speak with Coach Seaton, and I honestly am not going to be surprised if they don't pick up exactly where things left off. Um, I think that's the expectation. I think that's the kind of mindset that he's looking to bring. It, it, it seems, you know, I guess not so energized. And, and, you know, anytime you bring a new coach in, you want this kind of – this new energy into the program, I, I think that it's just going to be the exact same, but I think that benefits Hardin County. You're not having a new face in. you got someone that's familiar with the program, and I think that they're just going to do what they always do, and they're going to compete for a region title. And he's the guy. He's He's been there long enough. He knows what the expectation is. He knows what the standard is, and he's going to continue that. Uh, Coach Gillard over at Liberty, uh, I think it's just a matter of finding someone – 
uh, willing to put the time and the effort and, and, and commit and just be willing to face the challenges. It's there's no sugarcoating it. That's a tough, tough gig over there program that has not won recently. Um, but he is a, he, he's a Jackson product. He, he wants to be a head coach in Jackson. He seems like he, from my conversation with him, he seems like he really wants to be there at Liberty. So hopefully that kind of uh, mentality and, and that energy translates to the players and, and throughout the school. And hopefully they can just get, get some athletes out there and then and, and play some football. Uh, Lake County job with Coach Canada leaving. Uh, I think that what Coach Puckett did when he won the state title over at Lake County just kind of gives you an idea of the blank slate that is Lake County football and what you can do over there, um, you know, given the – Given you know, get, get some good talent in there every now and then. Uh, so I think that does that just pop out to me specifically? Not really, but given the right person in that job, they could be pretty good. Um, Lake County's proven in the past couple of years they can have some successful programs, and then him leaving to go to to Haywood with Coach Puckett, uh, that's that's just a a ticking time bomb waiting to happen in the sense that Haywood's about to explode. We kind of got a glimpse of that this past season. They really fill in some missing pieces here and there, man. That's going to be a dang good football team. Yeah, I mean, no doubt that uh, Haywood always has the athletes. There is no doubt um, about that for sure. They, You know, it's just a matter of can they be molded. And it took a little bit last year, a bit of an up-and-down year for that first year there for Coach Puckett. But once they got rolling, um, it, it looked really good down the stretch. It is district championship week in uh, West West Tennessee. Different dates and things going on. Uh, so, Alex, let's talk about what you guys are going to be covering this week and uh, what kind of sticks out to you. both of you. As you guys will be at Chester County, that's a Triple A district, right? And that's what you were telling me, Jordan. So, what kind of sticks out to you? What are the headlines as you go into that district tournament? Uh, well, we'll start we'll start with the girls, and I really think that it's just a, con- a collision course of Chester County and Southside waiting to happen. Uh, the Eaglets beat Southside twice in the regular season. We had the privilege of covering both of those games. Just two really, really good basketball teams, and it's not to knock anybody else in that district. There's just really not anybody that really can compete with them. Uh, I think McNary not too long ago snuck up and beat Chester County, but when you think about that tournament being in Henderson, Eaglets aren't going to lose on their home floor um, to anybody other than Southside, I think. So I think that district title game is just waiting to happen. One, two seeds. Um, going to be a phenomenal basketball game if it gets to that point. Um, and then on the boys' side, uh, you can look at it a lot of different ways. Um, so you've got Southside's the one, Chester County's the two, Northside's the three, Hardin County's the four. Um, Lexington at the five is a potentially dangerous team. But I really think that it boils down to those top four teams that I mentioned. And right now, my sleeper team is Northside. Recently coming off a recent win over Southside. And as far as just raw basketball talent, Northside has the advantage. Now, whether or not they can put it together, can they play well at the right time? Can they play well away from their gym? Questions that are going to have to be answered in order for them to be successful because Chester County at home, even though they're the two seed and they recently got beat by 20 by Southside, it's still their home gym. That's where they play their best basketball. And they're an experienced team with a lot of seniors. Southside is always good in the postseason, um, even though they had, you know, a couple of hiccups down the road. And then Hardin County, they, they've, they, they, to my knowledge, they, they haven't beat Southside, but they've beaten everybody else in the district. They've split with Chester County. They've split with Northside. Just given the right night, hey, I'm going to be honest with you, it's not going to surprise me if Hardin County makes a run. So I think I think the boys is going to be, once we get to that semifinal round, is really going to be interesting is how it really shapes up. Uh, but I think the girls, it's, it's a 1-2 Southside-Chester County collision course, and then uh, boys are going to get fun. Jordan, any other thing you want to add to that? Yeah, I think one thing to, to look at just from a different perspective is, you know, where you're seated and what you have to go through to get to where you want to be. You think about a team in the boys in the Hardin County that's seated as – or Lexington, I think, is the five, right, Alex? Yeah. Or is it Hardin County? Uh, Lexington's the five. Lexington's the five. So, you're, you think about Lexington, they've got the potential to make a run, but they've got to come through, the, you know, multiple rounds. You know, they, they don't get the bottom of the semis. Um, you know, and that, I think that's the hardest – that's the hardest thing to me 
is you go from playing, you know, maybe one or two district games a week, which is a Tuesday and a Friday typically, to having to play, you know, three tough games back to back to back, you know. So that's that's the way I look at it. That's kind of the spin I put on the tournament. Um, obviously, you want to be playing your best basketball at the, at the right time. But if you look at the district we're covering, um, and, I, John, I would probably say similar to, to what you guys got, um, this it's going to be a fun tournament. I think for you, John, probably more on the girl side. For us, probably more on the on the uh, boy side. Yeah, up here, Union City's girls, the three seed tonight. They're taking on Lake County in a play-in game at, at Marty Cisco Gymnasium. And if they can get into that, they win that Lake County game. Um, you know, I was thinking about it just now. I'm pretty sure, kind of like what you were talking about, Alex. I think everybody has beaten everybody at least once um, in this girls tournament coming in. If it kind of goes chalk the way I would expect you expect to kind of see it fall, with you know, you'll have. Greenfield Union City on uh, Thursday in the late game, and then South Fulton and Dresden in the early game there. And I don't, I'm trying to think. I know Union City's beating Greenfield and Dresden. I know they came close to beating South Fulton. Greenfield's beating South Fulton. Uh, I mean, it, it's just it's really up for grabs. Everybody, I think, thinks that South Fulton's to lose being on their home floor. But uh, obviously, there is some value in just getting to the to the district title game if you you, you hope. You get to host that first round region game, so uh, the girls will be very interesting. Uh, on the boys' side, obviously for Union City, the one seed they'll play at six o'clock on Friday. They get the winner of Lake County Dresden, which is tomorrow night. Um, they'll be heavy favorites. Um, obviously, Malachi Brooks had one of the greatest days of his life uh, on uh, Thursday night of last week—a fifty burger to set the new school record. Never seen anything like that. Um, what a performance that was. And on the day, he's named a Mr. Basketball finalist. Um, and I'm trying to think, with several, there were several different ones. Uh, Micah Hart for the girls was named in uh, 2A as a Miss Basketball finalist. Um, Aiden Shaw down at Jackson Christian was named as one in, in D2. Who am I missing? I feel like I'm missing somebody else in this mix. Yeah, I'm good. Halen Ayers. Hey, you said Halen Ayers. What was the other one, Jordan? I'm looking to see who all we had in the area. Um, I think Savannah Davis as well, McKenzie. Yes. Yeah. Yep. You got you got five total, so you've named them all. Okay. Haley Nairs, Savannah Davis, Micah Hart, Aiden Shaw from Jackson Christian, and Malachi Brooks. Of course, you didn't. That's see. a good list, man. Yeah. Yeah. Malachi Brooks. Uh, Malachi Brooks, man. Fifty points, Mister Football or Mister Football, Mister Basketball finalist, yeah. school record, senior mm-hmm. night. I mean. You want to talk about a night, man? Just have, have yourself a night and stop, yeah. stop West Tennessee, and and everybody's got eyes on Mister Mister Brooks because I tell you X that they call it now. I still call it Twitter, but uh, it it was happening for uh, for Mister Brooks on Thursday. It was, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was an incredible performance. I, I don't know that I'll ever see anything like that as far as um, a high school basketball player putting up that kind of number again. That was just tremendous to watch. Uh, UT Martin side, the UT Martin men sit 15 and 10. They're 8 and 4 in conference. The women 10 and 13 and 7 and 5 in the OVC. UT Martin softball got underway over the weekend, but without their head coach, Brian Dunn retired suddenly on the eve of the season last week. And so uh, UTM still has yet to announce who the interim will be for this year, but they'll obviously be looking for a new head coach going into next season. Uh, on the Tennessee yeah, let me, Sports. Let me, let, me stop, ahead, let me stop you for a second. We don't know who the interim is, but they're playing games. Yeah, I know. It's, I, can, somebody, can, somebody, can somebody explain it to me? I have Seriously. no idea. Okay. The I have Bill no Russell question. situation. Bill Russell. <laughs> Player coach. I mean, you saw Pat Bev. He got traded on night one. He's right. He's, you know, he's drawing yeah. a play. Maybe it's the same thing. That's the same thing. I mean, I don't. I have no idea. I mean, I fully would have expected they would have named an interim before they started playing games this past I'm, weekend. I'm they so have three crazy. assistants listed on the website, but neither of them, none of them, to my knowledge, have been named the interim for the season. So, like, do you play paper rock scissors to see who makes the lineup, or how does this uh, how does this work? Yeah, I mean, who does the official meetings, and <laughs> you know, uh, who who names who's the first and third base? I, I have no idea how that's working right now. I, I really don't. I, I, I true. I mean that. Yeah, that, that's a, that is quite a mess. Uh, Tennessee basketball dropped a tough one to Texas A&M over the weekend, but uh, some other news on the football front as Tennessee's temporary restraining order in the NCAA case was shot down by the judge, but that same judge openly admitted that Tennessee should win the case on the merits. Again, that starts tomorrow in uh, Greenville, Tennessee. 
Rodney Garner is staying at Tennessee after he flirted with Auburn's defensive line coach opening, but Tennessee will lose assistant coach and running backs coach Jerry Mack. He is headed to the NFL for the same position with the Jaguars. So any thoughts on Tennessee basketball's weekend or any of these other little notes coming out of the football program over the weekend, gentlemen? You can now take a timeout at half court. If you run to the center logo, you can you can take a timeout. Uh, Buzz, Buzz <laughs> Williams for A&M, my man was uh, trying to trip somebody. He did that – I think he did that a couple of times during the game on corner threes there over at the A&M bench. In all seriousness, awful, awful performance. That's why I was beating around the bush of talking about it. Uh, the balls just couldn't get going on the road. They've struggled on the road uh, a lot of times this, this year. Um, and a lot of that, to me, goes to A&M's defense, man. They were – the whole game just denying Tennessee, making it extremely tough on them. You know, just to me, a team in Tennessee who plays tough defense, A&M took it to the next level. They they defended extremely well. Just a, a bad performance for the Vols. Yeah. Alex, anything else stick out to you? You're you're never going to see in today's modern day basketball the you know undefeated teams all the way up to the final four and championship t- championship games running the table all the way through the conference schedule. You're not going to see that anymore. So because of that, you you you're going to have a night like Tennessee did, offensively terrible, uh, defensively. A&M did whatever they wanted to, got to the hoop, rebounded, shot the lights out, Buzz Williams calling timeouts from half court. It's just not (laughs) going to go your way. So you hope that that one game, one, it is just one game, and two, that it happens somewhere in the middle of the road and not later on in the regular season and preferably on the road. So Tennessee checked all those boxes, get that atrocity of a game out of the way, don't let it happen again. Biggest question for me is, has the spotlight gotten too bright for Dalton Connect now that he's, so to say, on notice? That's what I'm paying attention to. In the Kentucky game, you had Triple J and Zakai Ziegler stepping up, producing offensive uh, you know, points without necessarily having Connect to rely on. Can they continue to do that? Uh, because if Connect's going to put up a, a performance kind of like he did, where it just it just wasn't happening, uh, they've they've got to find offense somewhere else. So um, just, just that's just something I'm I'm keeping an eye on as the season goes on. Yeah, certainly worth uh, monitoring as we proceed. Uh, on the Titans front, Raiders interim OC and Jackson native Bo Hardigree is coming back to Tennessee as the Titans quarterbacks coach. So Jordan, thoughts on uh, that move? For your team, uh, as Brian Callahan continues to fill out his staff, a little bias, obviously uh, being from the same area, but I, I do think it will will work out um, for the Titans. I love the hire. Bo is, you know, he's he's worked really hard. He, you know, came in as the interim OC with the Raiders and did a great job. Thought he brought life back into the offense. Obviously, a a known guy that can work with quarterbacks and make them successful, help them progress. The Titans, obviously, with a young quarterback and Will Levis. I think he'll do a very good job of stepping in and helping him develop and making him into a greater player. So really excited about it back, obviously, in his home state, and I think, it, I think it'll be good for the Titans for sure. They're, I'm really liking the way this, this staff is shaping up for sure. Yeah. All right, moving on to the Grizzlies, who had a busy NBA trade deadline. We'll get to more of that later on in the show. But they did give Gigi Jackson a standard four-year NBA contract after how well he's been playing of late. They also traded David Roddy to the Suns, acquired Chimizi Mitu and Yuta Watanabe in a 2026 first-round pick swap with the Spurs as part of a three-team deal that sent Royce O'Neal to Phoenix. They also traded Xavier Tillman to the Celtics for Lamar Stevens in two second-round picks. Um, Alex, what kind of stuck out to you from the Grizzlies making some of these moves at the deadline? Couldn't tell you who's on that roster. My goodness. I mean, it is just – I really can't either right now. Put, put somebody in a jersey and go play basketball. Um, I, I think that it is clear and they should be operating under this way. It, it, it sounds kind of bad. Not necessarily tank, but just kind of forget about this season. See what these younger guys can do um, and, and just kind of move on because it, it's clearly not going to happen this season. Your best players are either injured or, you know, hopefully John Morant doesn't have another suspension coming up. But 
it, it's there was a lot of optimism, and I think that that's still there once you get everybody healthy. But right now, it, it, it's just no, it, it's yeah. not happening for Memphis. It's not happening this year for sure. Let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll get into Super Bowl Fifty Eight and the big storylines coming out of that. It's the Tri-State Sports Program. Powered by Tyson Foods in O'Brien County and the Hawk's Nest. Northwest Tennessee and Western Kentucky, it's time for a career change, and we know the perfect place for you. Tyson Foods in O'Brien County. Tyson Foods is hiring, and it's easy to apply. Just stop by and see the friendly staff at the Tyson Foods Hiring Center in Union City. Tyson is currently hiring for general production and many other positions, and they are looking to fill all shifts. Come see the team at the Tyson Hiring Center, located off Real Foot Avenue in Union City. The Hiring Center is open Monday through Friday from 8 to 5. Come be a part of the Tyson team. Tyson Foods is an equal opportunity employer, including disability and veterans. Segment two on the Tri-State Sports Program, presented by the Hawks Nest and Tyson Foods in O'Brien County. As the football season for 2023-2024 is officially in the books, Super Bowl 58 wrapped up last night. As the Kansas City Chiefs defeat the San Francisco 49ers 25-22 in overtime to win their second straight Super Bowl title, much to the chagrin of uh, many folks, including myself. I mean, I think I think I, I felt like at the party I was watching the game with everybody. We were all diehard 49ers fans, especially in the last like I don't know the last six minutes of the fourth quarter and into overtime. We're on hands and knees just begging for Mahomes to not do it again, and Mahomes indeed did it again. Um, you know, I think we can all agree early in the game, very sloppy. Um, turnovers were kind of the name of the game. Punts, another name of the game. And then San Francisco kind of got things going with an early 10 to nothing lead. Jawan Jennings to Christian McCaffrey for on the double pass. I guess they stole it out of Butch Jones's playbook. Um, 10 to three at the half, and then Kansas City gets going, takes the lead 13 to 10 into the fourth. 49ers come back, take the lead again. They but the PAT is blocked, they kind of go back and forth with field goals. And I mean, both teams, guys, had chances at the end of regulation to win that thing with a touchdown. Uh, I mean, you know, San Francisco had that third and four, really. They didn't, if they had picked up that third and four after the two minute warning, they probably could have milked that clock down to where Kansas City doesn't get a major possession, you know, and kick a field goal. Uh, but didn't get it. Kansas City got down to the 10-11, threw for the end zone, couldn't get it, went to overtime. And now we're hearing that the 49ers did not even know about the new rule change, which, I mean, I think this was the first time since Chiefs-Bills two years ago We'd seen the new overtime rules in effect, where both teams got the foot were going to be guaranteed a possession and, and the football. Um, but I, you know, I just felt like, as a guy who's actively cheering for the 49ers, so many opportunities, so many chances, and they didn't capitalize on any of them, and they just keep they kept letting Kansas City hang around. And at the end of the day, you kick the field goal there in overtime. Field goals aren't going to win you championships. Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes do what they do. They win the game. What what kind of sticks out to you guys? What kind of struck you watching that thing yesterday afternoon? Alex, you want to go first? You want to sure. go first? All right. Yeah, okay, I got you. A um, couple of takeaways, big things uh, for me, deciding factors. Uh, Kansas City's defensive adjustments. Uh, yes. Spags is incredible. The longer a game goes on, the better he gets, the better he's going to figure you out. And they just kind of figured out ways to make Brock Purdy uncomfortable. Side note, Brock Purdy, he's got a job. Dude, dude played phenomenal. He, he's going to be just fine in the NFL. Um, 49ers-wise, you, you, you cannot give a team like the Chiefs an inch because they'll take a mile. And the muffed punt and the blocked field goal – stand out to me we can play a big game of what ifs also unfortunate you know when Dre Greenlaw went out early that's another example of if he's in the game late does he make a big time play that helps them out defensively we don't know we're never gonna know um and then finally it, it's just the, the greatness that is Patrick Mahomes and his playmaking ability fourth and one put it in his hands let him do something and just time and time again I thought San Francisco 
did something that not many people have been able to do and get pressure on him consistently throughout the game. But it was still, it was, it, it, we were all just living in Patrick's world. Didn't matter the time, didn't matter the down and distance. Dude's going to go out there and make a play. I mean, the last three possessions, regulation and, and, and OT, wouldn't surprise me at all if Andy Reid just looked at him and said, Patrick, go win the game. Go make a play. We need this many points. Go do it. And he did. And it's just, to me, that's what stood out again throughout this entire game. Um, we're going to talk a lot about Patrick Mahomes, but throughout the last maybe eight games that the Chiefs played, defensively, one of the best performances I think I've ever seen in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, I think Spagnolo, to his credit, I think he just finally said, you know what, we're going we're gonna to bring the house, and good luck, Brock Purdy. And, I mean, I think Purdy struggled with the pressure a little bit. I mean, they were deflecting passes. Purdy's having to get rid of it faster than he wanted to, and, and the Chiefs secondary, Jordan, made play after play. And that was why it took forever for San Francisco in the second half to really kind of get going. But the other thing, and I know you and I kind of – you were kind of talking about this last night in a group message we're in. Why did they go away from the run so early? I mean, it just – you know, they rode Christian McCaffrey for a good portion of the first half, and then the second half took forever to go back to him, it felt like. Yeah, I I think Shanahan's kind of been known for that, um, to get away from the bread and butter too soon. And I thought that to start the second half, I, I didn't like how they got away from the run. I was actually, you know, as far as who I was cheering for, I didn't have a preference. I had two guys I was pulling for and Jawan Jennings and, of course, Trey Smith, local tie. But um, I didn't really care who won the game. I just wanted to see a good game. That's exactly what we got. The part of the game I want to go to, you guys have hit on a lot for time's sake. I want to go to a part of the game where um, earlier in the game, the 49ers had gone for it on fourth and three and converted. Late in the fourth quarter when the game's tied and it's third and four, third and three, I, I thought they would go two downs there. I didn't think they would play for the field goal to take the three-point lead. I thought they would try to get the touchdown because, listen, we all know you play for the field goal, you go up three, you give Mahomes the ball back with a minute 40, whatever it was, it's too much time. Um, I thought Shanahan would be more aggressive there because if you are going to play for four downs, you can run there on third down with C-Mac with and have an opportunity to get it on fourth. The game's still tied if you don't, and the clock has ran more, or the Chiefs have to take their timeouts, one of the two. Um, that's the part of the game I go to because, as you know, it's easy to say this on a sports talk show, but with the success the Chiefs have had in the postseason, specifically in the Super Bowl, just won the Super Bowl last year, I'm not giving them that opportunity. If they have that opportunity, it's going to be with 30 seconds or less and no timeouts. And that's the way I kind of look at it. So they, even if you don't convert, you can run enough time off there um, to where it would still be tied and they got to go the length of the field. So that's the part of the game I go to. They took the three, they went up three, and it just felt like, it paid off for him because the Chiefs still just tied it and it went to overtime. But all the momentum shifted when the ball goes off, uh, you know, the 49ers player's leg on the punt. They get they score on the next play. The momentum shifts to Kansas City. And I just thought late in the game there, I thought the 49ers had an opportunity to put the game on ice, uh, maybe go up by seven, and KC would have it back no timeouts, 30 to 40 seconds left. So I just thought they'd be more aggressive. You got two plays to get three yards. I feel pretty good about that if I'm Kyle Shanahan. The other side of this that I think drove me nuts watching the game, and I don't know that it would have mattered as far as even – this has kind of driven me nuts watching it all postseason, but we've watched Mahomes throw these three, four-yard stick routes to Kelsey. We've watched him throw these four, or five-yard drags that to Rasheed Rice that Rice can turn into 12, 15-yard gains. And I, that was the thing. It was like death by a thousand paper cuts for the 49ers in, at the, in the fourth quarter in overtime. My thinking was you covered Kelsey so well in the first half. What did you change? But number two, come on, man. Like, you, you got to stop the, the zone coverage and we're going to give them six yards of cushion off the ball. Like, are, you, you cannot keep giving them these three, four, five-yard easy, easy dunk downs because they've got guys that can kill you in space, and it hurt them. I mean, I mean, when I mean, you look back in overtime, and, and you know, in the last possession of regulation, Travis Kelsey gets that little drag route over the middle, and I mean, it was what 20, 25 yard gain, got him down to inside the fifteen, near the ten yard line, 
That easy tee up. For, I mean, that's why you know. Then they had the chance for an it for to win it in regulation, and then you go. I go to the last drive in overtime. I mean, Rasheed Rice. They throw a three yard drag route to him. Should have you know had a chance to bring him down and perhaps prevent a first down. Instead, Rice, fast as he is, takes it for 15, 20 yard gain, keeps the drive alive, and just that I man. That's just backbreaking, and, and so. That was something as the game wore on. I, I did not understand what San Francisco was trying to do defensively. I mean, come on, this is what they've done all postseason, right? I mean, I yeah. just I, I didn't understand that. Alex, you got to hop off here in a minute. Give us your one final thought on the game. Yeah, I, I kind of echoed John's point right there. Um, just kind of it allowed late in the game, it allowed Kansas City to build confidence, and you know that's. Patrick Mahomes doesn't need a lot of that. He's already got a ton. Um, but but I'm looking at a guy like Travis Kelsey that up until late in the third quarter was almost ineffective at all. Yeah. I mean, just didn't do a lot. But then you get him little easy routes out in space. You get mm -hmm. that that big one that set them up uh, in the red zone. Um, it, it was little things where that San Francisco almost like invited Kansas City to kind of get back into the game. You know, they were they weren't. Chiefs did they had, they had that one big play downfield outside of that. I mean, as as really just everything in short yardage. So, I mean, John, I think you hit that perfectly in the sense of if you're viewing it from a, hey, you know, I'm kind of cheering for the 49ers. And what the heck are you doing? Um, you, you don't want to give the Chiefs just that many easy opportunities. Mm -hmm. uh, they weren't really running the ball well. I thought the 49ers – I don't want to. I don't want to go as far as to say that the the 49ers lost the game because the Chiefs earned it. They won the game. Yeah. But there were so many instances where you're like, well, if they would have maybe done this just a little differently, uh, San Francisco. You you look at their roster and the lineup and on paper, yeah, of course they're 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 a favorite over the Chiefs. Um, it's just an incredibly talented group. Uh, I think just finally, I'll end with this. Um, phenomenal game. I, yeah. I, I think that even though you look at you look at Baltimore and you look at Buffalo and all the other teams in the AFC, um, some other teams in the NFC, and I, I, it would have been awesome. Don't get me wrong, I would love, would have loved to see Detroit in that football game. That would have been yes, yeah. Yes. But but I genuinely think that we got the two best football teams out on the field, and we got the product we 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 deserved. And I mean, just. Hats off to both of them. Hats off to Trey Smith, man, local guy, uh, great individual, happy, and and now a part of history is two Super Bowl rings. Only person from this area to do so. So yeah, yep. appreciate it, Alex. We'll see yeah, you. Thanks, next. Alex, for joining Thank us. You guys, y'all be good. I like to, I like a little bit of what he was talking about. Um, the first thing, couple things, is tell of two halves. Obviously, in the first half, Kansas City was playing a lot of zone. And in the second half, they played a lot of man. Well, it was the opposite for the 49ers in the, in the first half. The 49ers playing a lot of man, bringing a lot of pressure. Second half, they fell back into a zone, gave Mahomes some rhythm, some things to get going. And then two other things, and I'll be done. Um, the drives early in the game, the 49ers making mistakes, they had opportunities to really go up more. Mm -hmm. they, that game should have been more than 10 to nothing. They had opportunity early to score. Uh, they had another drive, the second drive after the C-Mac fumble where they're driving really good and they have a holding call that puts it back to second and 22. So they had opportunities to really step on the throw of the Chiefs early in the game and make it a 17-20-nothing game, and they weren't able to do so. And then finally, final point is you look at the road to get there for Mahomes. I mean, that and for the Chiefs, that one of the hardest roads to get to the Super Bowl, you talk about – uh, Miami, who's got all, you know, star power everywhere on their offense, high-flying offense. Obviously, the weather played into that game. They were able to beat them. They go on the road and play a red-hot Buffalo team. Josh Allen had been playing some of the best football he's played all season towards the end. They beat them. They go on the road and play the MVP of the league in Lamar Jackson, and star power everywhere for Baltimore. They beat them. And then they play the team that's got arguably the best roster in the San Francisco 49ers in the Super Bowl. They beat them. You can't. You can't argue greatness, and nope. this this definitely puts Patrick Mahomes at the top of the list of quarterbacks already to me in NFL history. Yeah, I mean, just the numbers already that are coming out of this game, third Super Bowl MVP. He's the youngest quarterback to win three Super Bowls and two league MVPs, just the fourth quarterback to win three Super Bowls. They're the first repeat champions since 03-04, 19 years ago was when the last one we saw that was the Patriots. Uh, third and five years for Kansas City. 
I, I just a couple other notes that just kind of struck me. I mean, somebody leaned over to me and told me at halftime and said, "You know now that Patrick Mahomes has trailed by at least ten points in every Super Bowl he's played in." And I said, "Yep, wow!" Like that, you, you yep. think about it for a second, you're like that. Mm-hmm. And of course, now he's three and one in Super Bowls. I mean that that is incredible to think about. The other side of this was a note someone uh, put out on Twitter: since 2019, Kansas City is five and one when trailing by ten plus in the postseason. And yeah. you know, for all the talk this year, Jordan, about this team isn't it. They don't have the right pieces. They're not good enough at receiver. Um, you know, whatever you wanted to say. That's that's the most impressive. I mean, they, they managed to do it again. I mean, and it's hard to go back-to-back, and now they're already talking three-peat, which is really hard to do. But <laughs> never, um, That's never been done. Yeah, that's never been done in the NFL, but back-to-back on its own is an incredible achievement mm-hmm. uh, on its own. But I just – yeah, I, I can't – I feel bad for San Francisco because, to your point, you know, I look back at several different points in the game. You mentioned off the turnover. They didn't capitalize on, on the Pacheco turnover. They didn't capitalize on that two-minute drill where you had a chance to milk that clock down if you pick up that first down. You're down there in the red zone. You can't finish on a a fourth. It was like third and three or third and four. Uh, You have to kick the field goal. I just – they settled too much. What's that? Opportunities. And when you give the Chiefs opportunities, I mean, it's it's tough to beat them. And to your point, you look at this roster, that's what makes this one so impressive to me. I mean, the target on their back, it was really Mahomes and, and Kelsey. They were the most consistent all season long. We saw some other guys last night that had been part of some guys, you know, that had stepped up in the past. But most of the season, we didn't see much of those other guys that stepped up last night. So I think that that's the biggest thing for me is is the, the team he had this year. Had no business. If you take Patrick Mahomes off, obviously this is a mediocre team. They really had no business top to bottom uh, to be there. But Mahomes willed them. That's what he does. Um, I mean, I think we had – this game had a little bit of everything. I think we had five or six um, lead changes, which was the most in Super Bowl history. Obviously, second time that the Super Bowl had ever gone to overtime. He had the field goal record, 55-yarder, was yep. the longest made in a field goal. And it was broken. Uh, to me, yeah. To me, this this game just had a little bit of everything. And they, as a football fan, that's all you can ask for. I mean, it delivered on the biggest stage. Well, and I'll I'll leave I'll end it with this just to kind of continue to put a stamp on this Chiefs dynasty, which now you have to call it a dynasty. I mean, three and it five years, is. it's mm-hmm. it's a dynasty. I mean, it is you know it certainly is the modern NFL dynasty now, but uh, just to show you the scheme that Andy Reid and and how well they continue to scheme every year. I was watching it this morning on Instagram. I can't remember what they call the play, but if you watch, they have it side by side. It's almost I did the, the same play they threw the game-winning touchdown to Miko Hardman on was one that they killed Philadelphia on twice. Corn dog um, is what he called corn it. Corn dog, yes, that's it. Yeah, that's it. They, I mean, just they have their scheme. They have their players that can run it to perfection and uh, a worthy Super Bowl champion. We talked – we talk Mahomes, we talk Kelsey, we talk Dynasty, Andy Reid. Yes. I mean, he's up there with some of the top coaches ever, man. He's put himself up there. Yep. I mean, no he's question he's about that. And they're young. Chiefs are still young. Yeah. One of the younger rosters in the league right now, uh, for sure. <laughs> they they traded Tyreek Hill and won back to back Super Bowls, which they, you know, based off that trade, they uh built their defense off those some of those yeah. picks. So I mean, it's it's insane to me. You trade a guy like that, and you went back to back Super Bowls. It's just just it's just crazy, unbelievable. Let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll get into some of the national headlines of the week after this on the Tri-State Sports Program presented by Tyson Foods in Obion County and the Hawks Nest. If you're looking for a place to sit back, relax, and have some fun, check out the Hawks Nest in Martin. Each week they have weekly specials including $2 tacos on Tuesday, both beef and chicken. Also on Wednesday, check out the best wings in Weekly County with 50-cent wings at the Hawks Nest. Thursday karaoke and also deals on pizza and many other food items. Also on Friday and Saturday night, be sure to check out live music, DJs, karaoke, and more. And don't forget, folks, they're open on Sunday, so be sure to stop by and support your favorite teams as all the games will be on the tune at the Hawks Nest, 105 Church Street in Martin. Tri-State Sports Program presented by the Hawks Nest and Jerry Ward. Or, did it again. Tyson <laughs> Foods in O'Brien County. 
Hey, I've been better about it. Been better. <laughs> it's all good, man. Just but, peep at those logos above you. That'll help you. Yeah, that helps. That always <laughs> helps. Uh, well, while we obviously got a chance to talk a lot about the Super Bowl uh, in the last segment, plenty else was going around, going on around the NFL as the 2023 NFL Awards were announced last week, as well as the 2024 NFL Hall of Fame class being announced there as well. Let's start with the major awards. Lamar Jackson named MVP. Joe Flacco, comeback player of the year. Miles Garrett, defensive player of the year. Will Anderson, Jr., Defensive Rookie of the Year, Kevin Stefanski was the Coach of the Year, Christian McCaffrey, Offensive Player of the Year, and C.J. Stroud, the Offensive Rookie of the Year. Jordan, thoughts on those? Did they get it right? Did you think someone else might be more deserving for one of those? I don't really have, um, you know, any arguments here. I thought there's an argument for all of these guys. Obviously, uh, Christian McCaffrey, what he was able to do on the offensive side. I mean, I think he had 22, 23 touchdowns coming in last night's game. I mean, that's that's pretty remarkable. That's over one a game. Um, and, and what he was able to do was big. I, Lamar winning the MVP. <clears throat> Lamar winning the MVP. Uh, stellar season for him, both, you know, running and passing. Uh, Joe Flacco, that story with Cleveland was was phenomenal. So being able to watch what, what he was able to do. Um, and then two Texans with uh, Anderson Jr. and C.J. Stroud, offense and defensive rookies of the year. Um, those, are, those turn out, John, to be uh, fantastic draft picks. Yeah. Uh, number two and number three uh, traded up to get Will Anderson. It paid off, uh, paid dividends for both of them. Uh, the, the one that was interesting to me is I was seeing a lot of people saying DeMar Hamlin was going to win comeback player of the year. And, and look, guys, I get it. The man had cardiac arrest on an NFL field last year. It was great just to get him back in uniform, just to get him on the field was a big story. But, you know, I don't know, Jordan, and maybe this is just me being too straightforward, but I feel like you actually need to play. Um, and play often if we're going to call this a comeback season. And Joe Flacco came in and off the, the couch and stabilized things in Cleveland and took them to the Super Bowl. So, I, you know, to me, I thought Flacco should have won it, but I heard a lot of DeMar Hamlin uh, chatter, and I just – I didn't really get that. I don't know what you thought of that. I think it's more that people were arguing that the fact that he was back out there you know, yeah. being suited up, being a part of the team after what he went through. Listen, that's remarkable. And I think that if there wasn't another story out there, I mean, he would have an argument. But Flacco, what Flacco was able to do was was plenty for me to, to vote him there. I mean, DeMar, like you said, doesn't didn't play a ton. But there's something to be said that the guy is suited up and playing professional football after Absolutely. what he went through. Absolutely. The NFL 2024 Hall of Fame class came out as well. Dwight Free, Randy Gratisher, Devin Hester, Andre Johnson, Steve McMichael, Julius Peppers on the first ballot, and Patrick Willis, Brewston's own, are the seven names that are being inducted into the Hall of Fame. Um, Got to give a shout-out to Dwight Freeney, Jordan. Obviously, that's a guy from my childhood watching on the, all those Colts teams. Uh, yeah. One of the greatest pass rushers there ever, there ever was. The spin move, uh, you know, just his his strip sack abilities. Really fun like player that. to watch. No, I know you didn't like that very much. You didn't yeah. like Robert Mathis very much either, did you? No. Um, or, or, Reggie Wayne, or Reggie Wayne, who missed the ballot. But I, he I, still I, misses I, the ballot, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, great career for Freeney and well-deserved. But obviously well-deserved for Patrick Willis. The career, not yes. very long for him, but uh, – when he did play, I mean, he was arguably at the time the best middle linebacker in football when he was when he was active. I would say one of the best guys too off the field. Uh, obviously, a local West Tennessee product from Brewston, and to be inducted into the National Football Hall of Fame uh, from Little Old Brewston, Tennessee, it's it's definitely something to be said. He was actually the speaker last year's uh, Jackson Mass County Sports Hall of Fame. Did a phenomenal job. Uh, well represented uh, his hometown. He, you know, Ole Miss Rebels. The the 49ers um, and, and what he was able to do in his football career, as you mentioned, in such a short amount of time, um, really le leaves a lasting impact and gives, as he said before, gives hope to, to people from smaller areas, man. I mean, because there's not a whole lot going on in Brewston. Let's just be honest. And what he was able to do coming from there, um, didn't have a ton of schools looking at him, was able to, to get that offer from Ole Miss and, and you know, really to show out and his, his time there and, um, yeah, going back to what you said, I think you hit it right on the head. Didn't have a long NFL career, but he was very impactful in a short time for the 49ers at the linebacker position, one of the greatest to ever do it. Yeah. 
No question about that. Some other names who missed the cut. Antonio Gates missed the missed on in the first bout. That was a bit of a surprise. Jared Allen, Rodney Harrison, Tory Holt, Reggie Wayne, Darren Woodson, among the notable names who are still waiting for that call to Canton. Um, and, and you know, surely these guys, I think, I mean, I think all of them in their own right are worthy, Jordan. It's just a matter of you can only take so many guys every year. I'll ask you this. Who do you move off the list if you were to add Antonio Gates just for fun here? Uh, I don't know anything about Randy Gratish or, or Steve McMichael, but I know that's that's just recency right. bias. But, yeah. Well, Steve, I, Steve, was Steve uh, – was he in the media? I have no idea. I think he has a condition, some kind of medical condition. He and uh, Randy Gratish were like the senior nominees this year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I thought I don't know what he what his story is. I don't think he was an actual player there, but I I, I just think it. I don't know you. I guess uh, I mean I'm barely into serving on a, a Hall of Fame board, but just the meetings I've been to and, and watching how hard it is to you know vote people on and figure out where you're going to put people. Um, I mean it. I can only imagine it had to be extremely hard to make this list for somebody to leave Antonio Gates off. Yeah. I mean that yeah. that makes it that makes it extremely hard for sure. No doubt, uh, Jordan. We've talked back and forth about the Bears and whether or not they would trade or use their number one pick. They plan to use that number one pick unless they get a historic offer. So and what would that mean for them? I mean, that's, I don't know. Uh, in Chicago, I guess trying to get another Panthers level. Uh, deal from somebody, um, yeah. but uh, it'll be interesting now so we can say the Bears are on the clock. Uh, in the NBA, last week was the NBA trade deadline. Joel Embiid had a procedure. He's out at least four weeks after undergoing left meniscus surgery. The Lakers have unveiled a new statue honoring Kobe Bryant. Um, in some of the big news and big trades of last week, the Mavericks are sending Grant Williams and Seth Curry to Charlotte, and they get and a first-round pick. P.J. Washington, a couple second-rounders back to Dallas. Buddy Heald leaving Indiana to head to Philadelphia for a lot of different things, while San Antonio also getting Marcus Morris in that three-team deal. The Hornets are sending Gordon Hayward to the Thunder for a lot of different uh, picks and, and players. The Knicks, Alec Burks and Boyan Bogdanovich coming over from Detroit. Uh, good for them getting out of that, that mess. Uh, the Raptors acquired Spencer Dinwiddie, and he was bought out, and he is actually, it sounds like, headed to Dallas. Patrick Beverly is traded from Philadelphia to Milwaukee. The Mavericks are acquiring Daniel Gafford. The Raptors got Kelly Olenek, and the Pistons have released former number seven overall pick Killian Hayes. So a lot going on at the deadline. Kyle Lowry's also been bought out by Charlotte. He's going to sign with Philadelphia. So what kind of stuck out to you from the news and notes of the NBA trade deadline? The only thing I really paid attention to, I mean, I saw all this, but uh, Pat Bev being told he wasn't going to get traded, and then the next day getting traded is hilarious to me. And then the clip of him having him grabbing the clipboard on night one of uh, being a buck and trying to coach up uh, Doc Rivers. I mean, that was uh, – and then, of course, the fake report that Doc Rivers was stepping down because people in the organization already don't like him. I, I don't know, man. That's – NBA's wild. Obviously, it hasn't been paid attention to a ton because of football. Football's ending now. Um, it's over now, so maybe more eyeballs will be on the NBA. Coming up on the All-Star break as well, so certainly they'll get some news, some thoughts, and uh, people being at least intrigued by that um, as well. In the MLB, a lot of money flowing around the last couple of days. The Royals gave shortstop Bobby Witt Jr. a franchise record 11-year, $288.7 million extension. Jose Altuve staying with the Astros, a five-year, $125 million extension. Clayton Kershaw will come back to the Dodgers in 2024 despite an injury that will keep him sidelined until the second half of the year. And two-time Cy Young winner Corey Kluber retired as well. Uh, we mentioned the West Tennessee coaching carousel won't stop. Well, the college football coaching carousel won't stop either. Bill O'Brien, just weeks after heading for Ohio State to be the offensive coordinator, replacing Jeff Halfley at Boston College, his hometown school. So Bill O'Brien back as a head coach in college football to replace him. Ryan Day brings in sitting UCLA head coach Chip Kelly as the new offensive coordinator, as Kelly had been openly looking for NFL offensive coordinator gigs before making the move. Today, UCLA replaced him, hired running backs, former running backs coach Deshaun Foster as the new head coach. He had been 
with the Raiders recently just taking their running backs coach gig. And then Washington slash Alabama offensive coordinator, he really hadn't officially said one way or the other. Ryan Grubb has taken the offensive coordinator job with the Seahawks. And there's kind of an interesting report out there that said he waited to announce that until after the 30-day deadline for Bama players to enter the portal. So an interesting week of uh, coaching news there, Jordan. What kind of jumps out to you from uh, that little grouping? Yeah, the fact that Kellen DeBoer is going to be without him for the first time. I think that's a big, big factor in this Bama offense and what they want to do moving forward. Um, he was obviously a big piece, and I think that, you know, the loss of Grubb is going to take effect on Bama. I really do. Um, I thought it was strange, the dynamic with Bill O'Brien and the Chip Kelly situation. Um, Ryan Day and Chip Kelly being on the same staff tells me one thing, and that's that if Ryan Day don't get it done, we'll see you, buddy, and Chip will be the interim. So, uh, and maybe the head coach. So, I, I really think that that's the case moving forward. I mean, Ohio State. Like I said, Ryan Day and Chip Kelly being on the same staff, it's just, to me, a bunch of red flags that, you know, they're wanting to get another mind in there to help Ryan Day, who's been struggling, obviously, to beat Michigan more than anything. Well, on the other side of this is we kind of talked about it a little bit last week with coaches who are trying to go to the NFL or trying to step away from head coaching got jobs. And Chip Kelly obviously was interfering with your NFL offensive coordinator gigs. Um Maybe he kind of used this as a stepping stone to get back to the NFL that, hey, if I can go be the play caller at Ohio State, because Ryan Day say, already said, I'm not calling plays this year. I so hope Chip not. Kelly, as the play caller, uh, you know, Ohio State's offense can light the world on fire. I mean, this may be a one-year rental. And yep. Kelly's back in the NFL next year um, as an offensive coordinator. But do you think this kind of takes that a step further of it's harder for guys to want big-time head coaching jobs in college football right now? because of everything you're having to deal with. I think that does play a factor. I mean, I think it certainly does. I think Kelly knows that, especially, you know, he'd been at UCLA and Ohio State would only be crazier at that position. Um, but I don't know. It, it just – something feels different about it. I think that they – Ryan Day already has a short leash anyway. So, I mean, this is just an opportunity to bring somebody in to try to get them to the next level. If they don't, they'll move on from Ryan Day. It'll fall back on him. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's fascinating dynamic we're seeing lined up um, coming down the pike into 2024 as we enter this new era of uh, college football. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll wrap up the show with the stock market after this on the Tri-State Sports Program presented by Tyson Foods in O'Brien County and the Hawks Nest. Northwest Tennessee and Western Kentucky, it's time for a career change, and we know the perfect place for you. Tyson Foods in Obion County. Tyson Foods is hiring, and it's easy to apply. Just stop by and see the friendly staff at the Tyson Foods Hiring Center in Union City. Tyson is currently hiring for general production and many other positions, and they are looking to fill all shifts. Come see the team at the Tyson Hiring Center, located off Real Foot Avenue in Union City. The Hiring Center is open Monday through Friday from 8 to 5. Come be a part of the Tyson team. Tyson Foods is an equal opportunity employer, including disability and If you're looking for a place to sit back, relax, and have some fun, check out the Hawk's Nest in Martin. Each week, they have weekly specials, including $2 tacos on Tuesday, both beef and chicken. Also on Wednesday, check out the best wings in Weekly County with 50-cent wings at the Hawk's Nest. Thursday, karaoke and also deals on pizza and many other food items. Also on Friday and Saturday night, be sure to check out live music, DJs, karaoke, and more. And don't forget, folks, they're open on Sunday, so be sure to stop by and support your favorite teams as all the games will be on the tune. At the Hawk's Nest, 105 Church Street in Martin. Final segment of the show today on the Tri-State Sports Program presented by the Hawk's Nest and Tyson Foods in O'Brien County. Thanks again to Alex Northcutt for joining us in the show earlier today, giving us some time that he had out of his busy schedule. Um, and Be sure to tune in to him from 8 to 9, the Alex Northcutt Show each and every weekday morning as we wrap up our show today with the stock market. Jordan, I don't know if you remember this conversation we had many a moon ago back in our bench days, our senior year, right after Mahomes and company won their first Super Bowl. The idea we had was how many will Mahomes win before it's all said and done? We set the marker at three. Well, fast forward to now, he's already got three rings. So I pushed the number back to five. So buy or sell that Mahomes will win five Super Bowls before it's all said and done. With what they did with this year's team and not having a ton of talent and still getting it done, Mahomes is still young. I'm going to sell this. He's going to at least tie Brady. Wow. 
So let me let me bounce he's, off. He's got, he's got four more at least, in my opinion. Wow. Let me add let me add this wrinkle to it. There is this narrative, and you can this is where we're going with this buy or sell. That Andy Reid and and Travis Kelsey would help make him take a step back when they step away because he's obviously very much younger than them. Do you buy or do you sell that he takes a step back when Reid and Kelsey exit the stage? That's going to be the hottest job on the market because Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback, so there's going to be a lot of high high profile coaches that are going to want that spot. You can see a coach leave a head coaching position currently to take that spot to play to coach with you know to coach Patrick Mahomes. I don't think so. I think that they'll continue to be very successful. I mean, what what I go back to, and I wouldn't have this take if Tyreek Hill and all his other star talent was still on that team. Watching this year's team and him being able to take them and win the whole thing that tells me he can take any team. I mean, he's the Jordan of NFL right now. I mean, he's yeah. the Michael Jordan. And yeah. with that with that mindset, I, I think I don't think so. So I, I I sell this. I think it's gonna be more than five for sure. I think he at least ties Brady. So I'll stick wow. to that. That would be uh <laughs> that would be quite something. But yeah. uh I'll buy it at, at probably five to six. And I, I mean I just think the the pace this guy's on, I mean, you have to think he's gonna get there at least three more times. I mean, oh, at least not four. Yeah, I mean, he's he's just mowing through the AFC every year. So at playoff yeah. time, for sure. I mean, the, during the year, they didn't look like they were going to win it, man. They didn't. And then they no, just definitely did. All right, let's go to the other side of the Super Bowl. San Francisco's been to two with Kyle Shanahan as the head coach. Obviously, he was the offensive coordinator as well on the twenty-eight to three loss. You know, the the blowing of that lead to the Patriots. He's been in three different Super Bowls. So buy or sell that San Francisco eventually will win one with Kyle Shanahan as the head coach. I'm going to sell. I think next year they don't even get to the conference title game. Uh, the, the next year, I think they can or probably will in the next couple of years. I think they'll get back to the NFC Championship, maybe even get to the Super Bowl again, but I don't see them winning one with Kyle Shanahan. I think they've he's had, his, he's had two good opportunities as a head coach, three total, one as the OC with Atlanta as well. I'm selling as well because here's the thing. There's no rec- – Shanahan is, like, known for blowing leads, but he's also known for not being able to bring teams from behind. He's a front-runner guy. And if you're not the front-runner, I, I don't know. It just seems like there are ch- lots of chinks in the armor with what he does. And I, I don't know. I think it's going to take somebody else – to uh, to kind of get the 49ers over the over the hump, I don't know who that is, um, but uh, you know maybe they're going to be a year late and wish that Jim Harbaugh would come back. I, I don't yeah. know, but um, yeah, I don't know. I, I really just I just think there's too many chinks in the armor. So with the news of the Bears planning to use the number one pick, Jordan buy or sell their selection will be Marvin Harrison Jr. I'm gonna sell. Ooh. Take the field. Take the field. I think they go quarterback. If they if they keep the one, I think they want to replace Justin Fields. Wow, Caleb. If you're staying with Justin Fields, then I don't think you. I think you trade the one. Don't you? To get more. I don't know. I mean, I think if you want to use it to take to get a weapon or to beef up your defense or an offensive line, if you think that's a problem, I mean, but you could trade back to three and probably still get Marvin Harrison. True. If you give it to a team that needs a quarterback, try to there are teams that be desperate enough for it. Yeah, um, yeah. you think Caleb uh, then? Quarterback number one? I, I don't know, man. I, I'm not sold on him being the first one off the board. I'm not either. I, I just think there's that's a deep class this year, and I think it depends on what a what a team needs. Um, so I'm not. I would sell that it's Caleb. I'll take yeah. the field. I just think Drake May is the better choice, but that's just me. Let's go to college football. Tennessee is going to resoundingly win its case with the NCAA. Buy or sell? I'll buy it. I think there's too many people back in this that, that are not going to let this not happen. So I'll yeah. buy this. I think this is going to be a disaster for the NCAA. True. Yeah. I think it will be an unmitigated uh, disaster. Uh, and finally, coaches won't stop leaving for NFL jobs until the NIL transfer portal, the brutal schedule in December, is fixed. It's going to take all kinds of 
maneuvering and things like that for teams to for, for that to finally calm down. I can I can buy, certainly get behind this and buy this because it's going to only get worse if they don't start changing some things. Yeah. And that's the thing. You're losing your brightest and youngest minds to the NFL because they can take some things off. You know, they don't have to recruit. They don't have to deal with all the grind of that. And they just have to coach and help manage the team. So, yeah, I'm absolutely buying uh, on that. That's going to do it for our show here today. For myself, John Thornton, for Jordan Taylor, thanks to Alex Northcutt for joining us as we've got different uh, high school district tournament coverages coming up for you on Sports 731. Jordan and Alex this week will have their first game on Friday. Is that when you guys Friday are starting? Night. Friday yeah. night. Um, and we will be on the air tonight in Union City as Union City's girls take on Lake County in the quarterfinals of the District 14A tournament. That is going to do it for our show today. For myself, John Thornton, for Jordan Taylor, and Alex Northcutt, thanks to all of you for watching and listening wherever you did. Good afternoon and God bless from the Tri-State Sports Program presented by Tyson Foods in Obion County and the Hawks Network.